Today is May 20th, 2022. This is episode 195 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your hosts, Blattis and Shifter. And welcome everybody to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Peter. With me as always is my good friend and co-host, Quentin. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh. Hi. It's, it's. It is Friday. <laughs> it's Friday, I think. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jeebus. <laughs> uh, we we uh, we had an adult. Well, I well here at Casa Splatus, we had an adult week. <laughs> adult adult week. Uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, also with us, uh, small. Yes, hello. <laughs> it is I small. <laughs> small. Uh, Scott Patat. No, it's, imme- it's, immediately it's, responded to that. Yeah, no, it's Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, <laughs> good to be here. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you. It's been a bit. It's good to good to be back on Maelstrom Radio. And oh my gosh, you guys are so close to like episode two hundred. Uh-huh. I know it's weird. Six years of podcast. <laughs> oh my years. gosh. Yeah, has it been six years? Wow. Close. Yeah, just about. Yeah, it is six years. It's six years. Dang. We've done it. Well, that's it. <laughs> we peaked. Yeah, hurry up. Well, bye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. This has been episode 195 of Maelstrom okay. Radio. <laughs> really, man, they really phoned it in these last. <laughs> hey, hey, we got, we got the fun vibes today. That's radio is fun vibes. That's right. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, fun vibes only. Only fun vibes. This is Maelstrom Radios for twenty twenty two. Only fun vibes. Uh, so let's let's get what happened to this week with all of us. Uh, so I, I, I can start here. I, oh yeah, I go was ahead. sick all week. Done. All right, bum. <laughs> did, did, did it. Well, are, are you feeling better? Is the real question. I am feeling better. I'm here, so that, that's that's always a good sign. But yes, okay, I'm feeling a lot glad. better now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you. I uh, I finished Kirby this week. Uh, what? Oh, the second time. The second time, yeah. I had to finish yeah. the 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 post game levels <laughs> for the post game story. Uh, man, that is that is. That is a game. <laughs> that is a game. Susan's calling is it, out is it a good game? Because I've had I've had like it's a, a bunch of game. friends being like, "Are you getting the new Kirby game? Are you getting the new Kirby game?" <laughs> and to be fair, I am a really big Kirby fan, but for whatever reason, like I just, you know, it's it seems like a really cool game. I just haven't gotten to getting it yet. It's good. So if it's good, it I should really try cool. it out. Oh, it's really it's, good. It, it looks like the, it looks like N sixty four Kirby, right? Or is that a different game? Um, is that I a would, different Kirby game I'm thinking of? I would say it's 
in in terms of Kirby games, it's probably the closest representation to it is Kirby 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but it is its own thing in terms of like how it plays. Um, and it's, it's, it, they did a great job. Like it's very like linear and they've, they, they figured out how to do a lot of cool, fun stuff. And like, it still felt like a Kirby game, but added a lot of cool features. Like, Oh, you could upgrade your, your, your weapons and, and, and stuff like that. It's like, they added a nice, like pro- progression things throughout the, so it didn't feel like the same, like. Oh, I just Kirby in the whole way through. Just give me a power, I do the power. Like it's 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 got a nice story. Uh the story's not deep, but the story does get like takes a takes a takes a hard left. <laughs> so I mean what I to saw, be like, fair, like it never Kirby games never really have like a super duper deep story. Oh boy. <laughs> well, this, one, this one was a little bit more. Well, this one they were like, hey, what if we did that? <laughs> Like, what if we what if we gave Kirby a story? And they're like, all right. Kirby's so. like angsty past. Yeah, sorta. <laughs> sorta. I uh I it's it's sort of like what if Yokotaru <laughs> Kirby ate a truck. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what if Yokotaru yeah. also guest wrote on this episode of Kirby? Uh oh my gosh. It, it looked like a lot of the early levels were like more of your classic Kirby with like your swords and weapon and your like fireball, like your traditional things. And then kind of like when you get to the mid-game, the weapons start upgrading and turning weird. And by the end of the game, it's just it, they're all over the place. It's great. It's perfect. I love it. It is great. Um, uh, and yeah, you get to eat trucks. Yeah, I'm gonna also getting a new dishwasher, uh, hopefully on Monday. Uh, and we might need a new roof here at Casa Splata, so that's that's oh no, yeah. Uh, we're, we're we're getting quotes. Uh, if if the cost of the, the repairs is uh, at least our deductible on our uh, on our insurance, it's probably better for us to go through our insurance and see if we just get a whole new roof. So uh, otherwise, it's probably going to be about like 600 bucks for a repair, maybe less, uh, depending on if people are going to battle, battle for, uh, you know, actually pay who's going to be the cheapest. So, uh, well, uh, Emmy, what did you do this week? Oh, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to think because this kind of comes as a, a bit of a surprise. The big thing for me, of course, is uh, play rehearsal in FF14. Um, There's been a newer performance group that's popped up. um, That's kind of an offshoot from one of the performing groups that I've helped out with in the past before. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they're putting on a production of Much Ado About Nothing. And the group is called the Firebird Theater. Um, And so it's really cool because um, a lot of the other groups that I've worked with have been at least the theater groups have been um, on Crystal. But this one is actually based on Ether in FF14. Yep. And so um, as a result, I've had to Fantasia scoot from, if you're watching on Twitch, the cute little Lala you see to a female Highlander. Hmm. Oh, that's a big change. Yes. So so (laughs) I I am still small in real life, but scooting game is... (laughs) Definitely not small anymore, at least yeah. until this play wraps up production and, you know, does its run. And then I'll be back to mail all of that for sure. Yeah. I miss it. 
I miss it a lot. <laughs> I, I can't don't. go without Super Scoot. <laughs> so I do not. So uh well uh oh yes uh like uh, but well I'm gonna put this in news because I think this is also news about show two hundred. <laughs> okay. All right. It's it's all right. So uh Susan made a survey to collect Final Fantasy 14 themed data for a game she's making for episode two hundred. The link is in our Discord. Peter and I don't know anything Ooh. that's on it. Neither of us have clicked the link. Nope. She has not told us anything. Yeah, we're keeping um, it that please way. Please don't tell us at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't say anything. Uh, uh, but go fill out the survey. Yes, the link is in our Discord. It's on our Twitter. It's in our show notes. Uh, please don't tell us. So we just don't don't be that don't be that don't be that guy. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the last I heard, we had over fifty responses already on it. That was, it, no, no, uh, that was like. A, it's way up now. It's more. It's way up now. Oh, yeah, it's that's, more. Yeah, that's a lot. It's so it'll be really great because this is a, this is a oh yeah, it's close to hundred now. Uh, it, so it'll be great because it's a family feud style. So she can say like we surveyed a hundred people yeah. and yeah, the top responses are on the board. On the board, yeah. So <laughs> you family can be feud. A, yeah, family family feud. feud. FF edition. Yeah. <laughs> No. All right. I well, couldn't even tell what that was supposed to be. Neither, neither could I. <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming that it's going to be with Family Feud, but yeah, I, I could not pick it well, up. Yeah. Listen, that's the copyright friendly version. <laughs> Nobody can sue you if it doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of accurate. <laughs> uh, speaking of accurate, Final Fantasy XI's 20th anniversary is on May 16th. Uh, so post anniversary. Uh, even Arby's I'm angry. Even Arby's did a shadow. Hey, are you angry because I did, that was a good segue? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm not angry because that was a good segue. Because that was a bad segue. I'm angry because it was a better segue than what I was going to use. <laughs> Yeah. It so, was a good segue. <laughs> I thought it was good. So uh, the House of Meats uh, even did a shout out to uh, Final Fantasy Eleven. <laughs> so uh, they did a chocobo shout out. So that's Arby's for everyone who has not been in our weird <laughs> weird Discord channels. Yeah, Arby's is wet meat shack. That's what I call it. Moist, uh, moist meat. Moist meat. No, all their sandwiches are wet. <laughs> I don't understand it. I just don't understand why everything you get there is just wet. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 housing claim deadline is May 26th. Don't forget to check the next housing lottery will resume on Thursday, May 26th, 2022 at 8 a.m. Uh, so that means I will go and, and try again. Some, uh, That's 8 a.m. Pacific nice. time. My Pacific, time. Pacific time. Hey, speaking time. of, speaking yeah. of, wasn't there an announcement posted on the Lodestone somewhere about like, hey, if you claimed you know, a refund because of this whole housing lottery fiasco the first round. Mm -hmm. Like, you can give it back to an NPC at some point, but yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. So yeah. my question for you guys is, on a scale of 100% to 100%, what percentage of people do you think are going to keep the money? Oh, 100%. Like, I... <laughs> I don't think it'll be a hundred percent because there are people like Chili who would one hundred percent give it back. Yeah, there. Are, yeah, I was gonna say there are people like Chili. There, it's it's sort there, of. There are people who will operate on the honor system, but I think yeah. like a lot of people would 
just keep it. Yeah, Especially I, if you're bidding on like a large house or something. House, it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. But also, I, 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 we know that, that part of the housing is that it's to to force a gill out of the game, right? Like to like so that right. there's not, like a surplus of gill. I still think the gill it, it's that way. One, it doesn't get moved around, and two, but I don't know. It it's like it's like a shopping carts. Like it's a shopping cart test. Like who's going to be the good guy and put the shopping cart back, and who's not? So. Should you have a special title if you give your gill that's just called the honest. No, that would be cute. That no. would be cute. It would that's be. A, that's would an be angry incentive. That they couldn't get it, but yeah, it would be a good incentive. That is a great incentive. Like, and then if you wanted to get the title, and but you just have to like donate money to something, like just give gill. <laughs> you have to drop fifty million gill in a hole. <laughs> just throw it in. And there it just never together. comes back. Yeah. yeah. But also, you get the extra title of the charitable. <laughs> See, that should be part of like the Doma rebuilding or something like that. I agree. I didn't get anything. Oh, you know what we do? This this actually is a feature that comes in in like the next expansion or like the next kind of patch where Mm -hmm. it's we're rebuilding the void, you see. And you throw your money into the void and it never comes back. Yeah, yeah. I called that I called that World of Warcraft for uh, (laughs) 16 years. Oh, mine was EverQuest. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I mean, that would be viable. I mean, I, I think that would be really good, especially if they gave us void housing. Uh, yes. You just look out the window, you see Cerberus. Like, oh. Every now and then, Cloud of Darkness passes by. Oh, there are great. so many places where I would love, love, love to see housing, and I know they never will do it. Mm-hmm. The, people the only one that I'm like, 100% absolutely would want move in a heartbeat is Rectica. Rectica would be cool. I just like forest housing. I'd like Ilmeg housing. I eat, oh, that'd be nice too. I know people that want uh, like housing, but like shaped like the, the bunny area where it's like the, the mechanical like robot trees and stuff like that. Like where nothing is real, everything is simulated. <gasps> Yes, you have I to would love that. The Lopperid area. Yeah, the Lopperid area. Yeah, and you and There's you have Lopperids going around. No, I would move for the Lopperids. I totally yeah. would. <laughs> I totally would. I've been told I'm a Lopperid in real life too. So, <laughs> Lollafell yeah. and Lopperid. Lopperid housing, but it's only open to Lollafell. Smalling one. Ooh, okay. Okay. It would be a lot easier to get a house there because people yeah. would have to change, change for Lollafell. And if they fantasied out of it, no more house. Or Lopperit housing, but you only get to see the Lopperits if you're a Lollafell. Everybody else has a house <laughs> in the trees. Yeah. Get wrecked. <laughs> Everyone gets a house that's like, um, shoot, what's that 90 dungeon? That the dead place. ends? <laughs> no, 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 the other <laughs> one. The Lopperit one. First- the first area. Oh, oh um, uh, um, Smileton, smiling. Yes, Smileton. That's it. Yeah, Smileton. You get a house built in that like area if you're a tall race, and then you get one of the like little lopperet pods if you're a Lollafell. I get the, I get a 3D printed fabricated IKEA house. <laughs> the, the, this is the Lollperets. Yeah, Lollperets. The Lollperets. Edge and uh, <laughs> no, I feel like Susan somewhere is just like. Giggling because I said hedge. Uh, if you're an IKEA person, you get that joke. That's a that's for you specifically for people that shop <laughs> only at <laughs> IKEA. So, 
sweetest meatballs right, and then. all. Destiny 2's Bungie says it won't be muzzled by Sony when it comes to standing up for what's right. And uh, I great. That's fantastic. Thank you, Bungie. Uh, yeah, especially on the, the tale of some of the other, uh, I think it was Insomnia, how it tried to post stuff and Sony's like, mm-mm. mm-mm. Bungie's always been very vocal. They really have. And, uh, like, they'll, I, they would probably get in trouble by from Sony before mm-hmm. they muzzle themselves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, Sony bought them, but, uh, you know, other companies have purchased them before, and guess what? <laughs> <laughs> guess what they did? They bought themselves out, so. <sighs> well, good old, good old uh, again, uh, I don't know. I just I'm not a fan of Sony's CEO. Like I just don't I don't like the guy. Like it's just not a not a stand up person in my eyes. Like I he's very much a bottom dollar. Like doesn't care. Like he just to me he's just like another uh co- yeah, Bobby Kotick. So so it's just like ugh, gross. Uh, Guild Wars Guild Wars Two. Oh my god, why does that not sound right? Guild Wars. Two's Living World Season One's Season One Sky Pirates episode drops anchor next week, May twenty fourth. So, uh, as you know, oh my god, that was so many like. (laughs) So, if you're not familiar, Guild Guild Wars Two has a series of content they call the Living World Mm -hmm. that is done between their different expansions, and it's kind of their patch cycle content. And this is released in a time limited format where. Uh, the Living World Season 1 was originally dropped uh, back in 2013, and it hasn't been available for quite a long time. So what they're doing now is they're going back to that original Season 1 content. I can't remember what season they're in now. I want to say it's like 5 or 6. Um, right. It actually might be higher, because we're, we're quite a ways away from that. But the, the Living World Season 1 uh, was originally started to be re-released earlier this year. I want to say back in February or March. And then uh, it's episodic. So every time that some new content comes out, every few months, uh, they're going to be releasing uh, more of that old content. And that content's actually going to be available permanently now. Uh, so that's really good for people that weren't playing Guild Wars 2 back in 2012 or whatever this was, 2011 maybe. Yep. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so I'm so. looking forward to it because I missed season one and I kind of was trying to go through uh, the story chronologically, and I wasn't able to. So now I can go back and do that next time I play. Yeah. So that's uh, that's it for news. So, Emmy, what do you what do you what have you been doing? Where 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 have you been? <laughs> oh man! I mean, honestly, to be honest, if we're keeping up with the fun vibes here, it's been depression. Um, <laughs> besides that. Besides focusing on my mental health, though, um, most That's of good. what I've been doing has been, um, you know, just playing Final Fantasy fourteen for plays. I've just been helping out with a bunch of different performing groups in, in different respects, um, kind of just jumping from group to group. It seems like whenever one group, like, wraps up a show, another group is like, hey, we want you to be, you know, <laughs> we want you to play Beatrice and Much to Do About Nothing. And then, like, a couple months later, it's like, oh, but we want you to be, you know, so-and-so in some other show. Um, So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of acting with both Scoot and um, my Nanamo characters just on different servers lately. Um, And I'd say that's been... I don't think I've had a gap in that for, like, at least a year now. 
I want to say. Oh, wow. Like it's like there's one show and then there's another <laughs> show and then there's another show. Like it just doesn't it doesn't stop. But I think it's fun. I think like the production process is a lot of fun. You try to keep it to like one show at a time or do your shows tend to overlap or I do try to keep it one show at a time because especially <laughs> as you get closer to the end of a show, like the rehearsals get pretty frequent, at least I found. Um, because you're doing like full runs every single day. So as a reference point, when you start a show, a lot of the time you're just going scene by scene. You're just trying to get like the timings of the lines right. Um, so that you, you're using macros to perform these scenes, right? So the first Mm -hmm. step is, does the timing of the macro match with whoever else is in your scene? So you may start out with just a full day working on scene one and it's just going through and very, very slowly, like just adjusting macro timings. And so not everybody is present during those first rehearsals, but over time you're working on more and more of the show until you have like full runs of an act and then you have full runs of the whole show. And so it turns into every single rehearsal is at least one full show run. Um, and so, yeah, it turns into, depending on the nature of the group, it may be anywhere from like three to five days a week. You're just in rehearsal doing show runs. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that's I forget a lot. what the question I, I, was. I've, I've rambled on for too long. What was our original question here? It was, it was related. Yeah, it's like, uh, what have you been I up to? to. All the things, apparently. Uh, <laughs> all the things, yes. I, with that, like I know you also do like some of the dance troupe stuff as well. Is that kind of in between shows, or do you do that in addition to the shows? Um, that's kind of in addition to the shows, and the reason is okay. I don't really do a ton of performing with the dance groups. With the dance Got groups, it. it tends to be more production assistance. So, for example, if they want to use my house for something, then I may just take a couple of days and set up like a stage of some sort, or spend a couple weeks just working with. Uh, production on that um Uh, a lot less time intensive (laughs) it is a lot less time intensive because i'm not performing um i feel like if you're on the crew and you're well if you're on the crew really you don't put in quite as much time as somebody who's in the cast Um, unless of course you're like the director or the assistant director which in that case you're there every single day um (laughs) yeah that's that's really, really time intensive and kudos to all of the performing group directors. Um, yeah, so it's it's a lot less time intensive if you are just doing like stage work as opposed to being in the cast. If <clears throat> when you get down to the point of like you're doing that practice of a full episode a day, like are all aspects coming together at that point? Like, is it just like, is it just everybody's running through lines and that's the show? Or is it like lighting's happening and music is happening and scene changes are happening? Is that all usually, happening? Yeah, usually by that point, um, everything has come together. Um, for the most part, you'll start seeing things like set changes and... Uh, lighting and music coming into play when you're doing maybe like full act runs. So maybe like the first half of the play 
versus the second half of the play, that may be when people are starting to look at, okay, what does lighting need to do? What does sound need to do? Um, And by that point, all of the macros have been fleshed out. All the emotes are in, all of the lines have been finalized and, you know, looked over for typos and things like that. So yeah, by the time that you are doing full runs, everything's pretty much been put together and it's just running everything through for the muscle memory of it, I think I find. Um, You know, of course, every run, even during rehearsals, you do see people make like little mistakes or something and you have the opportunity to run back and try doing something else or like, you know, try redoing something. Um, But yeah, the show's pretty much done at that point. Yeah, and that's usually that's usually I want to say on average, you know, two and a half months in would be my guess. So what's the time frame, though, like before, like from like start to like a show date, like how much time goes in between like starting it and then like the actual show going live? There's actually a lot of planning that goes into the show before the cast even gets involved, before there are any auditions or casting calls. Um, I'd say it usually takes, I don't know. I've had, I've had some groups take like a year to make productions from start to finish from just like idea to it uh, coming into play. But then you know, this one that I'm in, I think, hasn't taken nearly as long to get started. Um, so, yeah, six months to a year, I think, is is about average. And it really depends on the length of the show, how many people are involved. Does the script need to be adapted? Um, yeah, but it, it does take a while for any group to even choose a show. Um, and then from there, it's just finding <laughs> the, the right part. people. Yeah. So you said it takes like six months or so. Is that three to five days for that whole six months or more Um, ramps up to that towards the end? So I'd say it ramps up more toward that, uh, toward the end of that process. So the three to five days that I'm talking about usually is for the, I'd say three months or so that rehearsals take place for. Um, Before that, People, I don't think, need to be on as often. Your cast obviously isn't involved at that point. Crew really only gets involved toward the very end, I would say. Um, You know, ushers who are outside of the house just directing people do need a good amount of training. Um, But you can train an usher maybe a week or two before the show gets started. Mm -hmm. And then lights and sound... It takes more time to get down and get people into the swing of things. But again, they don't come in until a lot later. So most of that six months, I'd say, is just done by a lot of like the the writing of the show and the um, like finding artistic, like who's going to do the costumes and... um, do we have the licensing for this play is a concern sometimes. Um, there's a good amount of administrative work that just takes up a lot of the beginning part of that six to 12 month period. That's crazy. 
<laughs> it, no, it's, it is berserk. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. reading um, in the chat here, Susan yeah. saying, do I have time to play FF14 as a game? <laughs> yeah. Or is my theater stuff the main thing that I log in for? At this point, the theater stuff is the main thing that I log in for. Um, I do have time to play FF14 as a game. I just choose to spend that time in other ways. Um, that said... Yeah, that said, a lot of the groups do have, like, just for fun, like, runs of FF14 content um, outside of the show, you know, even even though people are working toward, for example, like, getting costume pieces together, um, mm -hmm. even though people in the cast may be, um, you know, all working toward that kind of goal, they do a lot of outside, like, just playing together, playing FF14, or they may have movie nights together. Like there's a lot of kind of team building and camaraderie that kind of comes through these theater groups in FF14. Awesome. I guess that makes that a lot better to some degree. Like you're putting a lot of effort in with these people. And if you kind of have that time to relax and just hang out casually, it, I guess that makes it a little bit easier to, to work with them in some degree, I guess. But it it doesn't, especially with being like everyone's remote, like Final Fantasy, and it's not like you're going to a shared space and actually hanging out as you would in theater. Like it gives you that, yeah, like you said, that camaraderie with each other that you might not otherwise get. Broadway, <laughs> it's Broadway. 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 No, actually, if you want Broadway, I think you're looking more in the direction of. Um, the dance groups, although to be honest, I don't know that there are too many dance productions right now that are kind of on like the musical theater, like that kind of genre. Um, I do know at one point there opening. was a group. Yeah, there is an opening out there. Uh, there was a group for a while that was called. Oh, what was it called? It wasn't technical step, and I think it still exists now, actually. It, it is a group that I help out with. Uh, the Burgundy Room. I'm mixing up all my groups. There are so many. Um, there was a group called the Burgundy Room, and this group still exists today, but in its very earliest iteration, they put together a show that was based on La La Land, and it was a good mix of... Um, you know, narration and songs, and it wasn't necessarily, like a play but it still told the story of the film mm -hmm. and right, right on it would be really neat to see a group just take on that musical theater sort of space i know burgundy be. room you know has been eyeing that um but it's i don't know it's just a space that that there's a big opportunity to get into. And I know there are a lot of dance groups out there, and I know that there are a decent amount of theater groups out there. So it'd be cool to see that in between, see them both merged. I wonder if that part of that is like you were saying earlier, like having to get the rights to all these different um, pieces, like the, the play itself, if that might play a part into why there's not any so much musical theater. Uh, it a lot of them could are still. Be. I think it could be. And I mean, the dance groups, I don't know that they're necessarily as concerned with copyright mm -hmm. as um, the theater groups. I don't know if that's the nature of the groups or what the what the difference is. Um, 
I figure if it gets big enough, eventually that will become a thing that people do have to watch out for. Um, and I think mm. it is good that the theater groups are proactively doing that and getting the rights to shows or they're choosing things in the public domain or, you know, in the case of um, the Firebird Theater, they asked like another uh, Shakespeare company, hey, we really want to use your adaptation because it's like a little bit shorter and sweeter. Um, and so can we use it? And they said, oh, sure, of course. So it's it's nice that people are getting those sorts of, uh, you know, permission and, and the appropriate rights to be able to perform live so that there are no problems for the foreseeable future. So you're saying it's going to be a long time before I see Hamilton in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Ooh, <Never>. I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish. Disney would not let you do that one. Yeah, like, how does a bastard orphan... (laughs) Not today! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I imagine working with Disney... And and this actually does bring up a a thing that I think people have brought up before. Um, Mm -hmm. Virtual theater just inhabits a weird space because you aren't really performing for people like necessarily physical butts and seats it's all virtual butts and seats right so a lot of people i don't think a lot of like corporations and stuff know what virtual theater actually is it's still you know small in presence compared to in-person theater Mm -hmm. um and i think that that's led to some groups encountering difficulties in the past like just trying to get rights to stuff Trying to just explain what what is it that you do again? Yeah, what is it that you do? And also, like, these things don't have a budget. If you were to charge people real money to get yeah. into an FF14 show, that would be breaking the terms of service. Like, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to do that. So it's like a community theater, but you aren't even allowed to, like, charge for tickets or anything like that. It's just, you know, you're just doing it for the love of... of the theater for the love of the production. Um, so it is a tough place to be right now. It is a tough place to be. Theater is a third party tool and we're shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, earlier when you mentioned Broadway, I know where Broadway is in, in Final Fantasy. Where? The moon. Uh, is that where it is? Yeah, with the rest of the operates. Oh, I thought it was on the first <laughs> Broadway. Broadway. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Pick it up. It took me a bit too. I like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, how's uh, how's your dog? <laughs> oh, dog has jumped up to onto my lap since yeah. we started oh, the show. We got good timing. Yeah. Yeah, I had mentioned before the show, there's a good chance that that Ella's going to jump up onto my lap during this show. Um, but I don't think anybody heard her jumping up. No, no, the, no. Silent, the silent wind. That is Ella. <laughs> silent dog. I took off her collar so that she wouldn't make any noise. <laughs> um, yeah, Ella has been absolutely great. I don't I don't know if. I had gotten a dog by the time that I uh, had gone on the show last, but I this was kind so. of this was kind of like one of my. I'm hoping that this will increase my mental health, but also like I really just 
have wanted a dog for a while. So, yeah. She's great. just super sweet. Dogs are great. Cats are great. I'm not a cat person, but, like, just what what pets can do is awesome. And they mm. make great gaming buddies. <laughs> he said, I'll jump up on your lap. Well, Alfie decided to come and join me next to me on my desk, but he, I don't think he's happy with me. He's facing the other way. I posted a picture of pets. Aww. And cute things. But I don't. No talk me, I'm angry. <laughs> He's like, but yeah, pets, pets are, pets are great. Dogs are great. Oh, uh, Popo, uh, Popo's got a DNA test coming. In soon. Hopefully soon. We're get, we just got some updates today, but nothing, nothing about his breed, but all his medical information came back and... Uh, Popo's gonna apparently live forever. He's <laughs> that's great. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> immortal dog. Yeah, it's not that he's going to live forever. It's that Popo is ageless. Yes, Popo does not age. He's just a permanent uh, old man. He's permanent potato, and it's great. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, um, with everything now that the the you, you're on a group that's on Aether uh, instead of Crystal. Um, uh, it, you've been on uh, Gilgamesh, I'm assuming, a little more often, or at least on the Aether servers a little more often. Uh, like a lot of us, uh, I mean, at least Susan and I have felt like like Gilgamesh uh, has felt a little empty lately. Do you? I I I have a thought on it, but I want to see what you what you th- <laughs> what you think it is. <laughs> like, or have you seen it? I mean, you might maybe you're just in your own uh, theater bubble and you haven't noticed, but. <laughs> I mean, so the the theater world is still very much active, but I found that my FC is definitely a little less active than it used to be. Um, And I also think that Gilgamesh kind of has gotten a little bit drowsy, uh, shall we say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's been, I'm not really sure why, to be honest. I, you know, it could be that we're in a content lull, but like we have a little patch and then things kind of, get a burst of activity for a little bit and then they just kind of go back down so it's like is it that the format of the content's the same like i i really don't know what the what the root cause is i'm curious to hear what you think so i think it it, it, i could be wrong but what i i think is is something that a lot of mmos dare almost not do in my in my experience with MMOs is that you ended the story. Now, it's not permanent. They're starting a new story. It's it, but you ended the story that people have known for the last 10 years. Right. And that's and that's a risk, right? Because there are people that fell truly fell in love with those characters, both the good and the bad. And while the good characters are still there, we still have the scions and they're still rolling around and you know, they may be spread out, but they're still there. Um I think some of the 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 bads that came about were very iconic, and that's true. And and we know from Twitter <laughs> that uh, a lot of people loved the, those characters. And ending it yes. <laughs> al- also gave a clean cut, right? Like if you chose to say, "Hey, I got what I wanted out of the last ten years of this. I'm good." Like, I don't need to continue to, I, I know for for them, like they might say that that's the end for the story for me. Like, that's it. Like, I don't need to I know a lot of people over. who are like, 
I know a ton of people who were like, I'm going to Fantasia because this story made me feel like my character as they are is like done. Yeah. Like they need a break. I, I can see that as being a reason why people aren't going and like, sure we've had a bit of a patch to sort of set things up for the next chapter but we really don't know what's going to happen at the beginning of this new arc like it seems like it's we know it's a transition patch right it's like any mm-hmm. kind of loose ends are going to get wrapped up mm-hmm. and come patch what are we now are we in 5.0 6.0 i've forgotten the number Come come the next expansion, you know, that's really going to be when yeah, yeah. come so so come, you know, six point five five, seven point oh, maybe we'll have some people get invested in the story. But these little patches in between the expansions tend to be a little bit sleepier. Tend to be. Not always. Um and so we'll have to see if, you know, the action really ramps up. Um Maybe that'll cause people to come back in between, but I think we're more likely to see people consider coming back um, at the beginning of the next expansion. Yeah. Uh, Chilling Chat says, I'm waiting for the drama in 6.2 when Dragoon gets reworked. Chili plays a different game than all of us. And <laughs> Chili's game is not Final Fantasy 14. It's what, what, what will they do next to all the classes? <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I'd actually just play triple triad. That well, possibly. <laughs> He's somewhere playing a child's card game. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think you're also right. I think I think it could be a mixture of things. Like I know there's people that would play just the beginning of the expansion, break right before the launch of the next expansion, play through all the story content in one giant chunk, um, and then do the story content for the next expansion be done and that's it like they, and then and that's that's how they play the game and that's fine like yoshi p truly set up the mmo that way where it's like hey you can log in grab everything you need do the story you know you could probably buy crafted gear and get by you know fairly easy there's the trust system like you don't really need to interact too too much with others other than uh the trials and even then, we even know, the trials now you uh, can yeah. you can do them with you know a trust. At least when you do it for the first time, and we also have to keep in mind like Gilgamesh is still considered a raiding server. So there yeah. are going to be people who just go through and do their extremes and do their ultimates, and then they're like, "Okay, see ya." Yeah, I'll come back when we get you know a new new uh, set of raids. Uh, Susan's oh, at. Oh, or go ahead. I say I wouldn't be surprised if people log on to Gilgamesh Tuesday, Wednesday to do their 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 weeklies, and then only log in for their raids and and such later. Yeah, Susan's asking: Is it more of the people not feeling the urge to group up to do the extra things like mount runs and maps? And I, and I I think it's it's a next ultimate is six point three, if I remember six point one. What? I don't think Ult- I didn't think we're Ult- getting another ultimate. ultimate. Didn't they just release an ultimate? <laughs> Chili's yeah. a, a mad. Like man. one ultimate per expansion. <laughs> Ch- yeah. Ch- Ch- again, remember Savage. when I said Ch- Savage would come out probably six point three. <laughs> remember yeah, when I said Chili's playing a different game than all of us? 
Man, no, I w if, if they released an ultimate, like, every other patch, though, I'm sure that would bring at least your hardcore raiders back. But, man, you, that's but, a certain point. You'd think they'd run out of ideas, especially knowing what they've done for the past ultimates. You need a savage first. They have two ultimates planned for this this patch? Like, these patch, like Really? Six, why? Why would they do... That seems this? weird. They have way too many other things going on right now. Yeah, because the current one was... Oh, oh yeah, the current one was previous expansion. They didn't uh, have one for Shadowbringers. Uh, so, that makes sense, yeah. Did they skip... Oh, they skipped... That's right, it got they had pushed to delay back. It. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay, well... Anyways, we can cancel that so we can get Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, this is everybody wants That might bring awesome. people back. Yeah, I'm sure. ready for Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy XIV. Me too. I I I I hope and, it lives up to the hype that people are building in their heads about what this is going to be. So I hope it lives up to the hype, and if it is for a one for one of Animal Crossing, which I don't expect it to actually I be, do but not if it is, that either. if it is, I hope they give more villager dialogue than they did in the last Animal Crossing game. <laughs> <laughs> Fully voice acted. Yeah. Oh, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> it could be fully voice acted like Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, I have Island Sanctuary. I'm really hoping it goes well. Um, I don't, don't know if you've seen it. I mean, I've been playing uh, Stardew Valley on Sunday mornings with people in stream. And uh, it's been really, really chill and a lot of fun just to kind of have that like shared area where you can kind of just. You can do your own thing, but just relax and like, I don't know, it's a farming sim. We have one person that goes out and mines and defeats monsters and I fish. And then uh, Tibiot runs around like a chicken with its head cut off. Yes, yeah, so. He has no <laughs> idea what's going on. He's a good lad. Uh, and Sarah, Sarah keeps, the, Sarah keeps the, the farm going mm -hmm. with all the crops. Cass takes care of the mining and uh, the, the monsters and I, I sit and I fish. Yeah, go team move. But like being able to have that sort of like joint area where you can just relax and like it's just just have fun is nice. I'm hoping that uh, Island Sanctuary kind of brings that into to Final Fantasy a little bit too. Yeah. I'm hoping so too. Now, have we had a lot of updates about Island Sanctuary besides like, hey, we're pushing it forward? No. Oh. no we don't even I, really know what I it is. We, we still either. don't know what it is, but we just know it's coming out. We know it's coming, and I'm excited for it. And I would I, like I, to know what it is. Yeah, I, I am almost Same. worried that the, the lack of information on it that it might get pushed back to the next expansion. Like, I, that's my worry that it's like, well, well <laughs> I think the lack of expansion is more because they usually wait until it's about a month prior to, like, the live letter about a month prior to when it's supposed to be released is when they actually drop the information on it. Yeah. I don't think they tend to give information before. And I could see them being a little hesitant too because there's a lot of expectations around this. Like, mm -hmm. if we're telling them that we want all of Animal Crossing as a mini game inside... That's it, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of work. So uh, I'm sure that there might be things where they're thinking like, oh, maybe we can add this, maybe we can do this. And just trying to get like as many interesting things in there, but in like a way that's very solid and able to do it. Uh, it ends up being so, like Lost Ark's Island Sanctuary. <laughs> I'd be sad on that because it's that's not <laughs> that's no. 
What do you mean I ran out of energy? <laughs> it's my house. <laughs> I do think that with this uh, island sanctuary, because it is such a, um, I don't know, it's a broad concept, at least in, in our minds right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's something that that Square Enix can then just like add on to over time where it's not like, okay, we're just dropping it and then we're going to work on it for a little bit. And now it's done. It's something that they can just add on to as time goes on with each expansion. And I hope it gets more attention than a lot of the things that they've added like that. Um, Like you look at the golden saucer, which was this big area and they have had a few updates to it, but it's not like a constant addition of things and, um, housing where we get a little bit of updates here and there, but like effectively, this could be like another end game type content for people, like housing is. And yeah. if it's not constantly updated, that will be very sad. I I could almost see. I don't think at launch, but I could eventually say I could see them saying like, "Hey, also, uh, to." I don't know, in in a form of housing, like there is a small, small house, not like a house that you can get in the world and interact with people, but like a small, like you could decorate it. And I can see, I, I think that should be instance housing. I still love yeah. the idea of like large plot with a small house and you pay Gil to <laughs> trade like outdoor item space, outdoor furniture spots for like more inside housing if that makes sense. So the plot size stays the same, but it's like a large yard, but just like a small house on it. And then you upgrade the house. Okay. I think some of it would be like... A lot of it is is technical limits, right? Like they don't, they can't render all those items. But if you had it in like, if Island Sanctuary is like an instanced area where it's just your Island Sanctuary, they could increase that number significantly. Sure can. Because you're the only house there, right? You basically have yeah. your whole neighborhood. Yeah. So that would be cool if like Island Sanctuary acted as effectively your own private home where you could have like start with a small house and eventually build your house bigger and bigger. Um, How do you but outside play with your, your friends, item then? limits are you can invite your what friends. Do you mean? It's like Animal Crossing. You can invite your friends over to your island. Yeah. Like, yeah, like no different than visiting another ward, right? In game, they would be able to come over, visit. You could restrict people in and out. I guess if they made it different from like the housing directory that you see at the Aetherites, right? Yeah, so it would yeah. be like, like the escape whole... teleportation menu or something. Yeah, like it would, it, it's in there. It's a whole separate. It'd be similar content to housing, but a whole separate system. So it's not housing. Yeah, but it could take a very similar role. Hmm. For some people, at least, like you wouldn't have that community aspect of everyone's houses being around, but you'd have that single aspect of like basically like your apartment, but bigger. Next question: Where are they going to put all these island sanctuaries? What island? (laughs) Well, presumably, if everyone gets their own island, then there's probably some place in the sea somewhere that has all these random islands. Pocket dimension. That's where we're going. That's that's why we haven't explored the southern seas, right? They were like, and we need to explore Ah, what's in the south seas. That's where the islands are. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, there's just going to be like this massive like battery of islands all around. I own an island. Look at northern Canada if you don't know what I'm talking about. That's basically (laughs) it. Smattering of islands. Yeah. (sighs) Well, 
Thanks, Islands. Can't wait. I, I don't know if it's if it's Animal Crossing. I might I might be slightly out on it because all I want to do in Animal Crossing is fish. So I may fish uh, on my island. Yeah, Susan. You says, can fish on the island. Yeah, Susan. Says, and that restructuring of community seems to be trend. Like they want less personal wards and more FC wards. Uh, they want it, but the FCs want large and medium houses and so all the fc wards are just like dead kind of empty at least for now like i'm curious if people are going to fill up the smaller plots over time because like maybe the first lottery round like everybody wants to try and get that large okay now the larges are taken now let's go for whatever mediums are left okay fine i've lost like you know four lotteries in a row and all that i left are smalls but hey it's a house yeah, like maybe that's what's going to happen. But like at this point, all the personal words are full. Mm-hmm. And I could see maybe too, like uh, after a few months of having FC exclusivity, like maybe they'll start allowing personal buyers into those words as well. Um, not in terms of like, well, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll let like personal buyers have the smaller houses if they're noticing that people aren't buying them, right? Like, yeah, they have a lot of things. I saw someone, actually, saw someone complaining they couldn't get their FC house because they kicked everyone before they claimed it. <laughs> That's on them. That's on them. Guess what they did? They learned. <laughs> they learned they that you can't. Everybody. You can't scam the system and what and, and get yeah. They tried to get around the rules, and the squares like no, no, not today. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm mad because I tried breaking the rules and I didn't get the rules broken, and I'm mad now. More <laughs> Yoshi P, fix it. Go to the forums, clickety clack. <laughs> My name's Butthurt One Hundred Seven, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, it, so we just had, uh, somebody leave RFC for that very reason, right? They went, they wanted their own tiny little FC house, uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, and the thought, right. Of like, I, I know we've talked about it in a little, like over the course of the last few weeks, I think with all, all like all the discussions you had with like the various guests and MMOs and everything like that is yes we know mmos are are striking that balance between single player and multiplayer right but quentin and i grew up in the age where mmo was like massively multiplayer online you know and then whatever the last three words were role playing <laughs> so, game <laughs> yeah rpg or or fps or depending on like what it was so it was i, I, I mean do you feel Wait, all right. Or you're, you, <laughs> I mean, how do you feel? I mean, yes, the, the world is MMO, but do people so you, want... You mentioned that we grew up in a time when MMOs were massively a multiplayer. But you have to remember that back when we used to play, MMO servers probably were only like 500,000 people because there weren't a lot of people playing they, MMOs well, at that time. They, they yeah, but now it was it's even very more massive. Community. Now it's, now now it's very it's massive. M- M- Yes. What is it? MMMORPG, massively massive multiplayer. <laughs> but you're you're right. You're right. It was much more tight knit. Like people knew. But <sighs> right. So the the I think a lot of the question is going to be how 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 does a game strike that balance? And like I think you and I have discussed plenty of times of. <laughs> 
the restructuring whole episode. This one. this would actually be a really good episode. Uh, it would go be. Yeah, we, we will take like a little bit here, but actually make this its own thing too. Uh, mm. Like we'll, we'll go light because we we could probably really flush this out and do its own thing. But yes, uh, no, feel free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you're 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 an FC leader and you've organized you know, like multiplayer in game events and stuff like that. Like, do you find it difficult? And like, are less and less people showing up to these things, or do you just? Because of the, you know, depending on the event, like, oh, there's a theater group doing a thing on Aether, like that, that will may draw people, right? Like people are curious, they may just show up for the event, uh, you know, versus like, oh, hey, maps, we're doing some maps over here. And then people are like, meh, <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. That's yeah, I think it does depend on really a lot of things. So first off, it's the event itself. Um, is it something that, occurs you know for one weekend only or is it something like maps where you could do it any old day that you want to um a lot of people just don't want to miss out on things like theater shows because they're like well once this play is done it's not really coming back you can't get that same experience of sitting in a theater in game and watching everybody go through this live um mm -hmm. The other thing that really influences whether people show up is the amount of advertising. Um, if you are advertising on just one world, you may end up with a few people. But if you have somebody going around to advertise on every single world, it's just more people knowing about it. Um, so that can influence how many people show up to an event. Uh, the other thing that I found with really everything this is everything from role-playing events to maps to you know plays is what is required of the attendee to be able to to participate um if it's role-playing you know you're expected to participate in some way shape or form with your character so are you in the mood to you know put that brain power to use and you know, think creatively about how does my character interact with this group of people who I may know, I may not know. Um, you know, is it a familiar setting? Is it um, in a theater event, a lot of people may come because it's like, I just have to sit and watch. You know, all I'm doing is sitting and watching. Um, in something like maps, not a ton of people may want to come because again, it can happen any old day with any old group of people and you have to have a map and you have to actively take part. Um, a lot of people, like some people are really in the mood for active participation and mm -hmm. others just find it a lot more, you know, approachable to just come in, sit down, observe and have fun with the performance. Um, and I think the last thing that can influence whether somebody comes to an event is uh, the community of people around it. So do they know the people who they're going to be interacting with? Um, is it a group of friends that they have a lot of fun with? Or is it a bunch of strangers? Um, I think a lot of people just are more inclined to come if they have a good idea of, hey, I'm going to have a good time doing this. Um, you know, if it is an individual event, I don't think that matters quite as much. Like if you're just observing as a spectator, but if it's an active participation event, people just want to have fun. Um, so 
I think all of those things really influence like whether somebody comes to an event and how many people show up. It's it's really pretty complex the more I think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is. Yeah, like Susan said in chat, it's like uh no one is that excited to do anything, even new things. Like people seem to rather want to do uh do it solo in the party finder or on their own time. Uh and Susan says, I feel like I'm doing a bad job as an FC lead and aren't able to engage anyone. Uh, but it seems like it's not the same as it used to be. I, I, I think part of it is that I, I, but I think that goes back to you, you, we just did 10 years worth of like this massive storyline and content and, and we hit a hard, like reset, right? Like we're resetting everything. And I think people are just not burnt out. It's not the word. I don't, I think people will come back. But I think they're taking a breather, right? Because Endwalker, yeah. even story-wise, Endwalker was a lot. Like, I, I, like <laughs> even if you did it all in December, it was a lot. Like, emotionally, it was a lot. I think people, like, may have said, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to come back and maybe peek out some of the content as it drops. But I may just need a breather. Like, I just did 10 years of this content back to back to back to back. I'm done for a little bit. Like, I need a break. 7.0, I might come back hard again, but I need, like, that little bit of gap in time just to recenter, regroup, and then I'll, I'll come back to that. I think that might be it. I think we just might be... Again, never seen this happen before. Like, I've been, played enough MMOs where I've never truly seen anybody just hit the reset button other than, like, oh, we're, we're going free-to-play. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> It was good closure, I think, for for this chapter. And, you know, personally, because I've seen the same thing happen with my own FC, I don't know that we're necessarily doing a bad job as FC leaders if we aren't able to necessarily, like, actively engage. Like, come on, guys, let's go do the 24-man. Let's go do some maps. Let's have a costume contest. It's okay if you're not doing everything all the time. Um, what I found is just really nice, though, is even if, the FC isn't doing things in game. And even if they aren't, you know, logging in as much as they used to, it's been nice to engage other channels like Discord just to kind of reach out and, and say like, hey, we may not be playing as much as we did, but I still feel, feel a bond between you guys. And so I want to foster that friendship, um, even if we aren't in FF14. And I think that's kind of what helps people just stay in and if they do decide to leave then that's fine but i find that they return more often just because it's like you guys are a good group of people um you know i i don't think it really reflects on our abilities i think it's just you know what's going on in the game right now as a whole yeah and i think to some degree too what we're seeing like especially with groups that have been together or people that have been with the same group for a while uh, what you're looking for changes over time. When you're first, when you're new to the game, you're really super excited. You want to do all the things. You want to learn how to do this. You want to learn how to do that. Maybe you're shy and you don't get involved with directly. You look for a group that will kind of help you go out and do things. They'll teach you things. They'll run stuff with you. Um, or they'll be active and ask for help and, and do all of this. But over time, like when you play for a game for 10 years, uh, that ends up changing over time. Maybe you're not as active. Maybe you have other commitments. I mean, 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, oh, 10 yeah. years ago, I was still in school. <laughs> so I, I had to do the math on this one. 10 years ago, I was still in school. So like, 
I had a lot more free time to do things aside from when I am now fully time, like employed full time. Uh, and like my priorities have changed since when I was in school, like when I was in high school, longer than 10 years, uh, like I could go and do all that rating three days a week, three hours a time, like stay up late, all of that stuff. But now I have no interest in that sort of thing. People do, but I'm just saying, like people, the, the way that people that people play changes over time, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we're seeing. Like, I can speaking for RFC in particular, there hasn't really been a whole lot of new people that have joined. So most of the people that are there are people that have been here for a while, mm-hmm. and what they're looking for is probably. Uh, the people that are here still are probably looking for something that's very quiet, laid back. They might have some friends in the group that they're playing with, and that's all they're looking for. They're not looking to do all of these things where there's constantly events going, all these things. And if that's something you want, people are going to places where they can get that. Yeah. Um, because I I know for RFC we don't do that. Like we can go and try it, but unless. You're constantly going out week after week and being like, I'm planning this event and this event and this event and this event. And always doing it no matter what the response is. Like it's very hard to keep that up as well. And, and, and that's we've done not that. where we are as an FC. And we've done that in the past. And it's a lot right. of work. Like it's a it, 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 it is. It is. No, every event is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And, and that's not where we are as an FC. So if people are joining our FC looking for that, they're not going to find it. And they're going to go somewhere else where they might find that. And I think that's what you're seeing is a lot of people are going to smaller FCs because everyone has a slightly different definition of what they want. And you can't get what you want in a very large group. A large group just gives you the option of you can probably do anything at any time because there's always going to be someone around. Uh, But eventually, if you know what you want or if you're in a group already and it's not what you want, uh, you go somewhere else to find it. That's the same in life as it is in game. Uh, yeah, and, and similarly, like it's it's not a reflection on you if your group doesn't exactly. have what somebody wants. Yeah, RFC is just hit cocktail hour. That's where we're at. It's like laid back. It's uh, there's some light mingling here and there, uh, and it's an open bar. So you know, eventually, <laughs> and like cocktail hour for the past two years, most people haven't been showing up. Yeah, most people don't show up to cocktail. I show up to cocktail hour. You're gonna tell me free cocktails? I'm showing up. I'm gonna be there. I don't like. You can tell me I can just sip, sip on some whiskey and just hang out for a little bit. Great. <laughs> I can leave at any point. Also, good. I'm not going to because there's free cocktails. <laughs> also, now there's a pirate thing bar in our house. So I'm happy about that. And I, again, I. I, 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 again, I I, I we again Quentin and I could sit down and really go through like let's dig into the past and look at the future like we could really dig it deep into this and maybe uh, I'm sure Susan uh, producer Susan's already written this down as a future episode so uh, I, I think we can because I, I think the premise of our MMO is becoming less massive uh, there's there's definitely something there because MMOs are more massive than they ever have been but the larger that a group becomes the harder it is to connect in that group. Yeah. So everyone th- feels much more isolated the larger that group becomes. A, a good example. Of, I was going to say a good example maybe Project Gorgon <laughs> where I yeah. have I where Honestly, yes. where it's a very small MMO and I happen upon a dear friend. So we didn't <laughs> Yep. 
who was uh, super friendly and super friendly. Jen never went back and said hello. I I need to. I need to go visit him and and see how he's doing and see if he ever became you a do. pig. Uh, <laughs> it's like I might become a pig later. I'm like this is great. Like I need to know more yeah, about yeah. you. <laughs> I think a really good example of this would be like if you have, let's say, just a local coffee shop nearby. If you go out, you can go to the local coffee shop. You know that they're probably going to be a pretty good coffee. Uh, they might have some baked goods or something that's there. You probably know the barista's there if you're there relatively often. They're friendly. They say hi. You get to know them. Uh, and it's, it's like that family atmosphere, right? Everyone kind of knows everyone. It's a very friendly place. You go there. Uh, but then you travel somewhere and you don't, you're like, you don't know what's around there. So you go to local big chain coffee store. and Sure, it's the same location that you go to everywhere. Everyone goes to that one. Everyone knows what it is. Their products are, are pretty good. They're comparable, maybe a little bit expensive. Uh, but it's much less personal, right? You're not, you don't know the people working there as much. It's not like they, you walk in and they're like, oh yeah, you get this, this, and this with a special little thing here. Like, nope, they're just like, I want the tall, dark one with a little bit of milk. And uh, like, it's it's a very different experience, even though they're fundamentally the same thing. They're both coffee shops. The small one feels a lot more connected, even though it's not as massive as the huge chain, which is very massive, but feels isolating. Yeah, the, with the huge chain and huge MMOs, like it's just you have to find your own little nook exactly. in there. You aren't you aren't going to know everybody there, and I think that's why it does feel a lot more isolating in the experience. Um, and when people look for those small little groups, whether it's a theater group or a small FC or whatever, they're finding that niche, that that nook where they feel like they belong. Yeah. And it's it's not so much that when you look at the entire massive group as a whole, like the whole group is not going to be one um, analogous piece. Like it's it's not going to be one homogenized piece. There we go. Uh, it's going to be. A whole bunch of smaller little groups, which very accurate. Twenty years ago, at the start of MMOs, would probably be about the same as what we would have today, but they felt a lot bigger because the world was much smaller. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you're right. Like it's weird to think like how how true that is based on knowing. And we we've both experienced this uh, for sure. Is that when somebody did something crazy epic on the server, the whole server knew that person. Like everybody knew. Everybody yeah, knew. For better or worse. For better. For better. Yeah. Depending on what they did, you knew them. It may be famous or infamous. Like <laughs> so. It's kind of like I that have... small town charm. Like everybody knows, and word travels fast. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. Um, do you? Oh man, I, that's probably the biggest question of that. I, maybe we really, we really do need to do so, an episode because I, I, I have a great do. question for that. I have, I have news. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I didn't news? put this down because I forgot about this. Oh, Maelstrom um, Radio breaking news. <laughs> this isn't breaking news. Oh. Um. But this, yeah, I, I didn't put this in there, but I think this, this might have happened a couple weeks ago. Um, Peter, are you aware of the sleeper? The wait, 
How do you want me to answer this? Wait a minute. How do you want me to answer this? MMO, the sleeper. Not not a game MMO, but the sleeper in regards to MMOs. Like okay, like, so for I, okay, for those who are not so I have I have an idea. I, I'm of definitely where, not familiar. So please. Yeah. So for those who are not familiar, way way back when there was the, one of the first MMOs out there was EverQuest, and EverQuest was one of the precursors to most uh, 3D MMOs. It predated WoW. Uh, it's sequel EverQuest 2, etc. EverQuest was one of the first 3D graphical MMOs. And uh, the developers put in a boss, quote, uh, called the Sleeper. And the Sleeper is a giant prismatic dragon. Yes, that okay. <laughs> was basically designed to pretty much be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the Sleeper. Ergo, it, it was sleeping, so it was not active. Uh, and it was uh, basically if it woke up, it would be an apocalyptic event on the server. This is back when MMOs had like server wide events. Uh, it was huge when people actually went and did all of this stuff. So uh, at the time, they added a way that you could awaken the sleeper. And this is something that can only happen once on a server. The sleeper was sleeping on every server. And if you woke up the sleeper, it would cause an apocalyptic event to happen on that server. Um, TLDR, bad, bad things happened, was not good for the server. Um, but eventually, at some point, like people got powerful enough, and they were uh, they did a series of quests and things to unlock the sleeper, and then uh, or to awaken the sleeper, kick off that series of events. And once they did kill the sleeper, a bunch of other things happened. Um, but it was a very hard raid encounter, required a lot of things, and it can only be done once per server. And once you killed the sleeper. Uh, it prevented other bosses from spawning, and it changed the whole server thing. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, uh, this is a one-time-per-server event. So back when we had, I don't know, what was it, like 15, 20 servers for EverQuest? Uh, originally, it could be killed a total of 15, 20 times overall. So it was kind of like a status symbol for the, the teams that had done it. Um, so, sidebar... There is a series of private servers for EverQuest, and uh, at least one of them, Project 1999 uh, Green, is approved by the company that runs the actual production servers as well. So this is a private server that people just play on. It's uh, kind of uh, like almost like a progression server in some cases, where uh, it's kind of locked in time historically. It doesn't have all the latest stuff on it, uh, but one one guild. <laughs> Decided that they were going to trigger the game and awaken the sleeper on Project 1999. And uh, this is a very, so I'll start this is a very small, it's a private server for a very old, a 23 year old game at this point, a private server. So, very small community, relatively. Uh, they woke had, up had this Had nobody done this thing. before? Or? No, because it changes the game, right? It, it, for the entire server, it will change I mean, the like, game so you nobody, can't do certain things. But nobody did it for like any server before. Is this like a very first time ever kind of thing? So they, or they had done it in they had done it in the production servers. It was killed like okay. decades ago for the first Got time. Got but it. this is so so this basically locked in time historical private server. Uh, one guild, one single guild, and not even the entire guild, a small rogue faction in that guild decided they were going to screw with the rest of the server and woke up the sleeper and killed it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, needless to say, so that, again, this is that small town thing, right? Everyone knows the guild that did it. Everyone knows there are multiple factions in that guild, and some people wanted to do it and some people didn't. Mm-hmm. And people know exactly who woke it up and did all of this thing. So basically, that entire... Oh, people are upset very much, Susan. Uh-huh. The, the entire so, server hates that guild now. Like, Oh, no. Yes, that yeah. has basically been, like, ostracized. banned. Like, people... Yeah, they're ostracized. People do not want to associate with them. People will leave that guild if they were part of it. People are happy if they left beforehand. The mm-hmm. people involved are, like... They, they would be blocked from most things. Like, they wouldn't want to do it. Um... And because like all of the rewards from it was just limited to that small group of people that decided to take advantage of it and stopped certain other bosses that people wanted from ever appearing again. Uh, so one person summarized this article, it was a once-in-a-lifetime event on a server that a group of selfish people decided to do without telling the rest of the server, running themselves the most hated guild on the server. Um... Wow. So yeah, that, yeah, that's something that like we don't see as much anymore because you go kill a boss like... All right, sure. But there's stuff like that where one small group of people affected the entire server. Yeah. And yeah, so that was that was a big news a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, it, it uh, I can read a yeah, quote. Very, very I, different I, environment. I can read a really quick quote here. Uh, <laughs> Glad I left the guild a couple of months earlier. I would have <laughs> yep. been calling people worse than pixel poopers. <laughs> so... If that makes you feel anything, that people were actually happy they left the guild prior to the fact that that happened, uh, mm-hmm. and and people it, like and here's the thing: it was a difficult fight. So like the guild that did it, it's impressive that they did it, but they also ruined the game for other people. <laughs> so it kind of be like what if you, you walked do? into the game and you went and killed like. I don't know, Graha, and then that shut off the entire Crystal Tower series forever. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that's basically it. what they did. Yeah. That's exactly there what goes, they did. There goes uh, Shadowbringers. Yeah. All of Shadowbringers. Yeah. It just never happens now. It just never happened, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, that happened. That that's that. And Project Ninety Nine has a lot of players. It's it's a for for what it is. Like it's got a healthy, I would say healthy. It's like pri- it's a private server that has lasted for like twenty years. Twenty years, yeah. And has official backing from the company. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. It's it's a good server. I was it was fun. Yeah, you and I died to spiders. <laughs> I died to a lot more than spiders than that. <laughs> we also died to orcs and we died to skeletons and we died to uh, everything wanted to kill us. <laughs> it's true. Um, so th- that that's I a very good example. For. I, I mean, we've said it before. Like, I think you and I have mentioned both play, playing Rift when like you did something cool or solving a puzzle in Rift and you got a piece of legendary loot and it like shouted it across all the servers. And if you had Twitter set up, it too. I requested it too. Uh, early WoW did it as well. Like it, like mm-hmm. it was. I remember when. So in World of Warcraft, there in certain aspects, right when the server was small, and Anixia first dropped, and the first. <laughs> I remember. The, I remember when the first guild raiding guild killed Anixia because you got a quest item that you brought the head of Anixia to the ta- like the major city that your your faction was in, 
And it did like the whole, like everything, like this big fanfare happened. It was like scripted. You heard music. Everybody got, if you were in town, everybody got shot with lightning and got like a, a two hour buff, like dragon buff that increased like. Your That's not where I thought that was going. Yeah, no, but it was insane. Like you didn't know what was going to happen. And like, like, but it was so cool because in the middle of town, they like did like they hung up like the head of the dragon and stuff like that. They're like, oh, like it was like, but everyone was like, what's happening? Like, like, and all of a sudden you realize like, and it, it's, it's like. So and so like collected, like took down a Nixie. Like it's like this whole scripted NPC event happens and like that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Like it's like beating ultimate. And then like at the end, like, you know, like the world the, first group gets announced to everybody and, yeah, and they have a parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly like that. Yep, exactly. it. So, uh, well, man. <laughs> That seems like it would have been so much fun if they if they did something like that, you know, nowadays. Uh, they they could. Kind of. They could. could. I they could. I I do wonder about ego though. <laughs> uh, a lot of world first groups. I, I I don't know. I don't know world first groups, but like a lot of a lot of people who clear ultimates. I don't even I bet you the world first groups are just fine, but um yeah, it with with rating with high end content. Susan mentioned I feel like a lot of people would feel excluded, and I would agree to a certain extent. I would. I I think games like Rift, who were newer but not still old at this point now. Now looking back on it, it's old now. But at the time it came out, only twelve years. It was celebrating. It did that for people, even like completing a world puzzle, right? Like, so not somebody who was doing rating, but like solved a puzzle in the world before anyone else did, right? Happened upon it, solved the puzzle, and and then shouted them out to the whole server. So I think if a team wanted to develop, you know, giving recognition to players for solving puzzles, crafting, and stuff like that, and doing world first things on that, they could. They kind of do. They sort of do it with like titles and stuff now, like with the whole firmament, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the firmament quest. It's it's just a smaller scale. It seems like. Yeah, Yeah. the firmament was a really good example of that. I wish they would do more of that. They could, and they should. I think they really should. They could expand on it. They could do a lot more with it. Uh, So, I'm sure. I'm sure they will. We'll have to go fix something else up, and they'll do firmament, firmament, uh, firmament 2.0 or whatever it's going to be called. One thing I really enjoyed with EverQuest 2 that I thought was cool was there was points of interest in the world. And if you went up and you went to that point of interest, and if it was in a specific time period, you could actually click on it and it would basically say, so-and-so was here. <laughs> and that would, that would persist for a couple days. So like, it wouldn't be permanent. Like, you wouldn't be the only one that could collect it and then no one else would have it. But it was there. So like if, if at the beginning, for example, you could click on it and then you kind of knew that someone had already been there and discovered it. Like, you weren't the first person. Um, remember when uh, you could be Odin? That point. <laughs> yes, I remember when you could be Odin. You can't... I I don't know. I never have been Odin. And it would have been really cool to see Scoot. As and they haven't done anything like that, really. Like, that's a thing that they could yeah. do again. Like, they could do something like that similar. And, like, I know somebody's like, oh, they do that in this raid. I'm like, yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> I, I also liked that in uh, EverQuest 2, they tracked who discovered everything. Yeah. So if you were the first person, like it wasn't necessarily in the game because they also had a web interface for all this stuff, uh, but you could see who discovered any item. 
So to be the first person to ever have that item, which was a really cool thing for like crafters, for gatherers, and for raiders. Because you could say, I was the first one to get this really cool item from the boss, or I was the first one to ever craft this thing. So Should bring it on back. Just bring it on back. Chili says, I didn't know that Dark Souls was the EverQuest of video games. <laughs> it's, that's accurate. No, it's, no, Dark Souls is the Ultima of video games. That's way more accurate. That's true. Especially with oh. all the, the, the un, unsolicited PvP that just happens upon you. Okay. It was like, I'm invading your world. I'm like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I didn't want any of this. I just wanted to just Beat the, the boss that's killed me eight times. This guy's killing me too. And I don't like it. And then they fall off a cliff and you win. And you're like, yay. <laughs> or you back off of a cliff and you're just feel dumb. Uh, Not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Uh, but hey, if, uh, you know, if you want to, if you ever want to watch somebody play EverQuest, uh, I can shout out a panth on. Uh, on uh, on the on the Twitter's Panth is somebody who I I I, I do watch. Uh, he, he's good. So if you want to go watch somebody play EverQuest, go watch Panth. Uh, he likes likes he likes like melodic uh, fantasy metal and <laughs> plays <laughs> plays uh, EverQuest a lot. So you know. Uh, oh, Pan. Uh, uh, I can I can get you one uh, if. Oh, he's li- he's live right now. Oh, even better. How about this? Uh, maybe maybe we raid. Uh, yeah, we can. We, we can, raid. can go we raid. raid. Oh, we can we raid. raid. We, we can raid. We can raid. Panth. They're playing the Evil Dead oh. game, so that's <laughs> what they're doing currently. But before we do that, so. uh, we have uh, you know, you know, the business. The business, but before the business, uh, you know, Emmy, tell, tell yeah, me, tell people, tell people where they can find you. Oh, okay. So you can you can find me on Twitter at Emily K O C H V A. So at Emily Coke V A. Um, and if you would like, you can also check out a bunch of the performing groups that I have been uh, helping with. So the first one actually doesn't have any social media or anything like that yet, but it is the Firebird Theater. And I'll go back to normal voice here. It is the Firebird Theater. Um, They are currently doing or working on a production of Much Ado About Nothing. I imagine, I don't know that they have a performance date yet, but it'll probably be sometime this summer. Um, But yeah, check them out. They are based on Adamantoys. You can also find uh, the dance group that I mentioned, which is the Burgundy Room. Their house is over on Gilgamesh, but they do all sorts of uh, touring performances over on Aether. And uh, for the crystal performance groups that I've helped out with, both of them are on Diabolos, um, and that is the Stage Reborn and Stelazio Virtual Theater. Both of those, I believe, are still in planning for their next production but keep an eye out in Final Fantasy fourteen for both of those. And um, yeah, I do hope that you enjoy if you take a look at all of those. And thanks for having me. Thank yeah. you for coming back again. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Hopefully next time won't be as long. As so. long? 
I, I mean, sorry, the next time that you're on won't be as long since the last time that you were here. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has been too long since you were here with us. So It has it's been. True. It's always great to be on. Hey. <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, we have gaming streams on twitch.tv forward slash Maelstrom Radio, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Uh, if you, if you missed it, uh, Monday and Thursday, I, I finished Kirby. Kirby's over. There's no more Kirby. And I have to find something else to do because <laughs> I finished the thing. There was a twist. <laughs> there was a twist. I finished the thing. So, uh. Oh, if you, if you need ideas, we have lots of them. Oh, well, yeah. You did a solo stream. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I got, I got, always got stuff. So, uh, episode 196 is happening on Saturday, May 28th. Special guest, Mione. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Got Mione. So, Mione is the leader of our, uh, our stream team with the Team Whiskers. So, uh, and of course, uh, when we're to that. Yeah. We reached 666 followers. Uh, I will be doing, uh, Peter Escapes Hell Mega Stream where I will attempt to complete a Hades run. And, and like in all caps, this will be a long stream <laughs> or incredibly short stream. I, what if I just like get it in one go? Like that would be really like a, epic for me, but disappointing for everybody so you, else. You barely made it to the third yeah. boss last time you played. And how long has it been? It's It's been a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm the video game boy. <laughs> the video game boy never backs down. Uh, so what are we? 777 followers. There will be a Kikurumi stream. And we will gladly wear them whenever we hit 777 followers, even if it's that's out. so cute. Yeah, guys, we need we need to get them to 777. Please share us everywhere. Tell us, tell everybody to follow us. Parky Rumi's been sitting in my closet back there. For, oh, we still don't know what it is. This is a mystery. So yeah, no one knows what it is. No, they only know what mine is. So we do. Uh, on that note as well, I mean, well, I guess for recording people, you probably have missed it, but for people who are here, uh, Sunday stream is going to be a little bit different this week. I'm still recovering. Uh, there will be Sunday streams. However, uh, the format might change a little bit. We might just do some more extended Stardew. So yeah. keep an eye out. Also, yeah. well, well, as always, <laughs> till C swallows all. Keep listening. (laughs) Maelstrom Radio is brought to you by maelstromradio.com and Blackfire Media. Produced by Flattis Shintier and Susan Sprinkle. Join us live Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash maelstromradio. Send email to show at maelstromradio.com, tweet us at maelstrom underscore radio, or join our Discord at maelstromradio.com slash discord. Views and opinions expressed by our hosts and guests do not reflect the views and opinions of any companies discussed on today's show. 